You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 93. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the gorilla man himself, Christian. What's up, Christian? I didn't. I didn't see that was the intro until I read it just now on the dog. But first of all, it's the Gorilla King. Thank you very much. Oh, was it really? Oh, I, I screwed it's the Gorilla it up. King. It's the Gorilla King, it. but it's okay. All we right. got there. Let me just so, uh, type that for a future. Gorilla King. <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there, as well as twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week, Christian, is the news on some PlayStation Studios acquisitions. But first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item on the PXN News of the Week, Christian, is one of the original programmers on Star Fox, the original, says he would bring the series back to its roots and uh, essentially remove any kind of gimmicks that would be added. Uh, as, a, as a big Star Fox fan, like I love the character. I don't really have a ton of experience with the franchise. I played the N64 Star Fox, but mm. other than that, I really haven't played much Star Fox. Uh, does, this, does this news like basically say to Nintendo, like, please give us freaking Star Fox and don't make it this like stupid, crazy, I don't know, thing? First of all, Star Fox Adventure on GameCube. Oh, was it like yes. it was it was the jam. Dude. I loved like the RPG elements of it. But like, yeah, I mean, the, the Star Fox proper is like the N64 version. I was just talking about the uh, the DS version that came out and how I would take my Star, Star Fox and DS to McDonald's so I can hop online on the Wi-Fi and play online. But yeah, it, it's it's time for this franchise, I think, to come back. I think fans would be willing to get their hands on another Star Fox game, even if it's just like kind of the same formulaic stuff from uh, Super Nintendo and N64. Yeah, it's 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 fun. See, it, and that's, I mean, the fact that you just said that the N64 version is essentially the the original game, I had no idea that that was the case. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, it, when you said adventure, I remember that now, actually. I did play that as well. Uh, didn't they have like dinosaurs and stuff in it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he crash lands on a, on a planet with dinosaurs. There's a snowboarding <laughs> segment. It's cool. Yeah. I actually really liked that as well. I, I agree with you. I think that. Loki, I would love a Star Fox, Star Fox adventure too, but yeah. Uh, Maybe Chris, in a in, in like four or five years, we'll see it make it its return. Yeah, that's how Nintendo operates. Once you when you think it's something's gone, it comes back. Yeah, like uh, you know, uh, Pokemon Snap. I mean, that came out of nowhere. I was thinking, that's true, but I was thinking Metroid Dread. But Ooh, you're 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 so point. right. You're so right. Good point. Yes. <laughs> uh christian super uh not super mario golf super rush has gotten some reviews uh kind of starting to hit and some people it's gotten pretty average reviews mixed reviews so far and uh, some people are, are, are upset about the lack of replayability uh and saying that it's fun but it's like uh it's not really as expansive as it should be um have you been a big Super Mario Golf fan, or are you kind of you know new to Mario Golf in general? Mario Golf, 
is interesting because it's not my favorite of yeah. the Mario Sports series. Like Strikers is up there. Yes. I love playing a uh, baseball, tennis, of course. Um, so golf ball is like whatever because I thought there was like other better ones that I spent my time with. Uh, that said, I I kind of like everyone is like playing this this week, and I want to hop into matches with people. Like I, even though I know it's not great, I still want to play it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate because I know a lot of people were like super hyped about it when it when it got announced because uh, like some of the other games were like always rated very highly and uh, people mm-hmm. actually lauded the replayability of these games. So it kind of, you know, it's a hindrance, I guess, to uh, fans of the series to see that, you know, replayability isn't uh, isn't a high priority for this game. And it is kind of disappointing too. Like it's, it's literally, uh, I heard someone say that Mario golf actually has really good simulation in it. And like, uh, super rush really doesn't, uh, expand on that at all. It's kind of like the same essentially as the last game. So, uh, yeah, it kind of sucks that it didn't really, uh, evolve that at all. But. Why do you think that is? I was trying to, I was thinking about this and I think yeah. the scuttlebutt is like resources and budget and yeah, I, I don't know what it could be maybe maybe covid uh caused them to cut out some features maybe that that would have made Scale it more back expensive yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. it's it, i don't know I'm honestly obviously video games in general always have a ton of cut content and uh stuff that never sees the light of day when the games come out but uh it does seem odd that a game that is historically known to have really good replayability is being condemned for not having that so yeah. That that worries me too. Uh in the case of Nintendo, they don't their games don't get much of like post-launch support and if they do it isn't until like years later. Yeah. Uh, we just saw the case with Mario Party not getting online or any kind of update for that until years later. Yeah. So, and, I mean, here here's hoping golf goes the other way. And to your point, we're getting a uh a new Mario Party game that really should j- probably just be like an expansion to <laughs> the game that's already yeah. there, but yeah i don't know old nintendo yeah old old nintendo uh christian this story will probably excite you battlefield 2042 will reportedly bring back remastered classic maps in an unannounced mode uh this does have some credence to it because uh dice has said that there is a uh, third, essentially third pillar mode that they are, have been teasing for a while that they haven't announced yet. That will be announced in July at the EA Play event. I believe it's July 22nd, I wrote down here. Um, but apparently this will reportedly like bring back our classic favorite maps in a remastered form, but using the 2042 sandbox, which I think is awesome. Like, obviously this may not work for, you know, uh, their new player count that they have, but it it still would be awesome to have, even if you have the lower player count in this mode, uh, to kind of get to revisit our favorite maps. Uh, Christian, does this excite you? Yes, but I want to know what game mode it is. If it's a new yeah. one or if it's a like a one that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. I've grown to love Rush over the years, and I, and I hope Rush makes a comeback in 2042. I'd yeah. love to see some of the maps from Battlefield 3 make it over. Yeah. And remember that the uh, the map in like London where you uh, like a train crashes and you go like through the subway and yes. back out. Like that that map was incredible. And that wasn't that I think that map was in Battlefield was 4 as well. I think it was in both actually. Uh Yeah. But 
Yeah, and even people like now with all the Battlefield 2042 hype, people have been going back and playing Battlefield 4, and I think it's free on Epic Game Store right now as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so like that's super cool, and like you posted on Twitter, I think the other day uh, about how awesome the levolution was for Battlefield 4, which I agree that that was freaking insane seeing like a skyscraper come down uh, in Battlefield 4, but yeah. Yeah, and then, and then people on TikTok and Twitter, like to this day, are like, "Oh, I can't wait for 2042. This looks nuts." And it's like, "No, dude, this is Battlefield 4. You can play this right now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I wonder if that even is going to be like possible in 2042. You would think it would, but they haven't really shown like big skyscraper level uh, destruction in 2042 thus far. Maybe they will uh, soon because there was that city map that we yep. saw a ton of stuff happening but we never saw like that scale so that is interesting i guess to see yeah i i'm I'm not sure how i i if i had a guess that city map would probably be the closest to having like a skyscraper levolution uh, like similar to battlefield 4 scale yeah i don't know how that'll work in tandem with like the sandstorm whatever that's happening at the same time but i'm excited to find out excited to find out what this new mode is Yes, yes. And if it brings back all these classic maps, yes, please. Yes, please. Yep. Uh, and actually, huh, this is interesting. I, I didn't even read further down here. It does say that uh, these classic maps might support the 128 players in 2042, which that might be oh, a little yeah. insane. <laughs> uh, but, it's going to be so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that'll be, that'll be an actual battlefield literally <laughs> but uh moving on what i do want to it'll be it'll be interesting to see how i guess call of duty responds Ooh, like yeah. i guess specifically i'm thinking Warzone mm-hmm. to see if the player base will be affected at all by battle battlefield i think it, i think it might if Warzone doesn't do any kind of major changes to uh like for dansk and their current map so we'll we'll see I think the only thing that would maybe hold them back is that uh, Warzone is free to play and Battlefield 2042 is not. But yeah, it'll be for sure interesting to see if they can steal away some of that audience for sure. Uh, Moving on, Christian, Marvel's Avengers will permanently allow players to play as the same heroes as one another starting in July. Uh, obviously, this has been a, a much requested feature for a long time from a lot of people playing Marvel's Avengers, uh, at least from what I've, what I've seen, because there's certain characters that people want to play as. Like, if you have two or three people who want to play as Iron Man, like, I don't know, that's their favorite character or, like, has certain abilities that none of the other characters... I haven't played Marvel's Avengers. I just played the demo, so uh, I don't really know exactly, but uh, I do think it's a good thing that people are able to choose the same people uh, because it does give them more options, I guess. It gives people the option to choose their favorite heroes, I guess. Uh, What do you think about this? This will be cool for people squatting up when the Black Panther War for Mm -hmm. Wakanda uh, DLC gets released later this year. They'll be able to, I guess, squat up and all plays Black Panther together and and rank up and earn their, their little loot and stuff and not have to worry about playing as the wrong character so that's cool for them for sure uh and yeah black panther is a perfect example of that and there's really not that many characters in marvel's avengers still even after the dlc they had hawkeye and 
Uh, Where's Spider-Man? Yeah, exactly. Where is Spider-Man? That was supposed to happen. Yeah, the PlayStation exclusive Spider-Man, and uh, yeah, nowhere to be found. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Take it up with Sony and uh, and Square Enix, I guess. But hmm. Christian, this is not a podcast PXN episode without Halo news. <laughs> so uh, more Halo Infinite. Give it to me. Yeah, <laughs> more Halo Infinite news has come out of the monthly update that they provided this week, uh, or last week, I mean. Uh, and this is kind of focusing on uh, Halo Waypoint, which is the website and kind of web portal for Halo, but they also dropped some game information. So the game information we got was there's going to be new seasons that will drop every three months, which we knew they were doing a season model, but now we know it's going to be a quarterly season. Which that's a decent amount of time. Three months is, I feel like, fair enough. Uh, and they're going to have seasonal events that will take place, allowing you to unlock specific thematic rewards that they're calling fractures, which is super, super cool. And actually, the Yorai armor that is um, shown in the uh, multiplayer uh, reveal trailer at the end, that it looks like a samurai, is actually the first armor that's going to be a seasonal event or fracture um and it's apparently being called tenrai that's the uh event that they're they're calling it so super super cool and i feel like that's gonna like lend themselves to do some really cool stuff having these like fracture events um come into the the play space uh but yeah i'm i'm curious because i remember them saying that uh once you buy into the season it's yours. You always have it. So you can go yes. back if you miss something to, to claim what was in that season. How would that work if, uh, you know, these like armor pieces are tied to fracture events? Um, How would you go about getting that Yorai armor? I wonder. That is a good question. I don't know. I think I think I'm not 100 percent, but I think the these fracture events are separate from I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I feel like these fracture events are separate from the uh, battle pass. I okay. feel like I think they said that it was free, so everyone can get these seasonal events just by playing. I believe. Don't quote me on that, though. I might be wrong on that. Uh, but yeah, and that, and that makes sense. Entice the player base that's like active in your community now. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, and I, this, this is gonna be fun, dude. I'm excited to try out <laughs> Halo Infinite. Yes. Yes, I'm glad to have you on board, and we're gonna have to play it together when when you're on board. Yes, yes. So, uh, and Christian, I added this other part because it just infuriated me last week when I saw this. Not even kidding you. I recorded a uh, podcast episode with a, f- a friend of mine that uh, Roro also knows uh, on his podcast about Halo Infinite, and we were literally talking about in the like before we started that episode. We're like, oh that all that halo infinite news that came out last year that was like bull crap like that was not corroborated reports or anything like it was all like just thrown around like by the gaming media and it was so infuriating because it was there was a lot of factually incorrect information they were giving out about halo infinite and then literally we finish recording and i see ign post a freaking tweet with a article that's with a uh, headline that says uh, Halo TV series has uh, both showrunners leave the show. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Couple problems with this. Uh, in their image that they they posted with this, it even sources the Variety article that uh, they originated their article from. The original Variety article says Halo showrunner to exit Paramount Plus series after season one. Very two very different things. IGN saying yeah. lost both showrunners for the TV series. Not true. It's, I mean, and I freaked out on Twitter about it, and a bunch of people liked my comment, which I was like, holy crap, there was like 150 likes. And then IGN deleted their post and reposted a new one that sort of cleared it up a little bit more. But my gosh, I'm so tired of these stupid stories. And actually, this, like, if people read the article, the actual article, it actually says the that first. Never happened. No, no, exactly. That will never <laughs> happen. The first showrunner actually left the show before season one even started because he uh, he said he didn't have time to commit the to the entire series. The second showrunner has been on the series since the very beginning, and he has been working on this for two years in Budapest. He's been living in Budapest where it's filming. And he said that he's uh, leaving the show after season one because he wants to go back home to the U.S. Like, people, read the article. Like, come on. Yeah. And it's it's not like it's uncommon for, like, directors to have – or for shows to have different directors every season. Right. Like, it's, it's just, like, a normal thing in TV. Yeah. I, it's just the realities of of like clickbaity yeah. articles and, uh, like, content writing nowadays where, like – a, a provoc- provocative uh, headline will get the clicks, even if, or it will get the shares, even if no one's actually reading the content. And like, that's a that's a problem for yeah. sure. Absolutely, I agree. And like to your point, Christian, like there's there's shows that even have different directors in the same season <laughs> or showrunners in the same sure. season. Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. The power of verbiage, dude. It's, it's you know what I mean. Yes. Like just that that phrase that you said with that IGN posted like has negative connotations that the Variety article just doesn't. Yeah, it's way more objective. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on, Christian. Xbox Game uh, Cloud Gaming is now available to all Game Pass Ultimate members uh, on Windows and Apple phones and tablets using the browser. So this was previously in uh, beta where people, uh, you had to sign up and they would give you access to this, uh, but now it's available to everyone. And actually they just announced as well that it is now fully powered by Xbox Series X hardware, which means anytime you boot up a game in cloud gaming that's a next gen game uh you're getting the the benefits of series x hardware so better uh textures and all that uh and faster loading more importantly for uh this purpose and actually i think they said that uh series x hardware lowers latency as well which is very important for cloud gaming because that let's be real that's the major you know concern with cloud gaming is latency so uh, i thought that was really cool but that's finally available. Here in the Sony, take notes. Improve PS now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Also, very, very, very cool that like that's this is included with Game Pass Ultimate, which is like fifteen dollars a month. Yeah, gaming on the go. Yeah. People do it. That's awesome. Absolutely, it is insane, insane value for sure. Uh, there were there were people uh, this like just the other day, I think today or yesterday, um, asking online, "Hey, where can I get like a cool?" 
um, like backbone for my iPhone because I want to, yes. you know, access cloud gaming with my iPhone. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of good things about the uh, Razer Kishi. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like a little thing that attaches to your phone, and it's basically like a switch at that point when you when you put your phone in the middle of it. But yeah. kind of wish I had Ultimate now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking a few flights in July. That could yeah, that'd be very useful. Yeah, for sure. I could play MCC on there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, play MCC, Christian. I will. I will. I will. (laughs) Uh, Christian, an Australian ratings board has provided a classification for a mystery multi-platform game from id Software. Very interesting. Obviously, id Software makes Doom. Uh, Doom Eternal came out last year. Uh, I think, as far as what I'm thinking, so apparently it's called Project 2021B. And their Project 2021A was a, uh, I believe, Doom 3 on VR or something. So people think that this is going to be like a a remaster or or something to that effect, like a port, something like that. So a lot of people have been saying like, hey, maybe this will be like a Quake 1 or Quake 2 port to modern platforms, which would be cool. and obviously, I don't think anyone's played, you know, the Quake games in so long because, I mean, it's been on such a tear. That's a good pun uh, with Doom. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think this would be cool and kind of something new for Id. Uh, have you? Have, it could be cool. I haven't played Quake in forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would love to see it come back, especially with like, oh, played on PC. Yeah, that ray tracing baby. Oh, yeah. It 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 makes them like visually striking games like running, yeah. On the, yeah, the id tech software or yeah, id id tech engine is phenomenal. I uh, did want to note that when I saw this come out, when I read it as a mystery game, yeah, I, I thought that was the genre that they were just like, oh, they're doing like a, a cool <laughs> mystery, like I want to solve something, like awesome. That's very new for them. Yeah, but no, no. Sherlock Holmes from id Software. I'd play it. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna rip and tear some criminals' heads off. Yes. <laughs> oh gosh, that's great. That's perfect. That actually, now that you say that, I want that game. I want that. Game. It's Sherlock Holmes, but with the Doom gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Uh, a little bit more Bethesda news here, Christian. Uh, Bethesda Game Studios' Todd Howard has said that Elder Scrolls Six is still in the design phase, and also that he had made comments that it will it will use Creation Engine Two, which is being used for Starfield, and that they will they'll use whatever they learn from Starfield to improve the engine further for Elder Scrolls Six, which. I feel like that's kind of a no-brainer uh obviously <laughs> elder Scrolls 6 is going to be their next game so that only makes sense but uh does it surprise you that it's that elder Scrolls 6 is still like in its design phase yes and no yeah. yes and in, in that in that what the game was released what like two years ago now or not released uh sorry announced two yeah. years ago right yep but also like they have so many games in the pipeline that like of course the games take forever to make and, and something that is going to live up to the skyrim of all games like yeah. this is this needs its time yeah and and when they showed this game two years ago they literally just showed a logo i mean <laughs> that's all yeah. we got so 
yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, too, but people online, like the scuttlebutt is that like the Bethesda engine needs like some improvements. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, so the original creation engine is what Fallout 4 uses and Fallout 76, and it definitely has a lot of issues <laughs> because uh, just for bugs in general, and it's really like, I call it like rough around the edges. Like even the animation is not great and it. it's not like smooth and everything. Uh, it's just all in all, it just needs like really, it needs to be polished because uh, it's not like, you know, it's not a high class engine. It's not like id tech, for instance. Okay. And the creation engine two is a new iteration of the original engine. Yes. Okay. yes. Yep. Then essentially, because Fallout 4 came out in 2014 and the main team at Bethesda Game Studios hasn't made anything since then. Uh, they had a spinoff team that was produced from Texas, uh, Austin, I believe, that made Fallout 76 um, using the same engine as Fallout 4. But the main team continued to work on the improvements to Creation Engine 2, which would end up being used for Starfield, obviously. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, and obviously Todd Howard's team is only going to work on one game at a time. So Starfield's yep. first priority and Elder Scrolls six will be next, but listen, and I'm excited for 2026 when GTA six and Elder Scrolls six <laughs> all come out. You say that jokingly, but that's true. That's it's probably, probably true. true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't expect like, I don't think that it's going to be like Fallout 4 to now, uh, or I guess Fallout 4 to 2022 when uh, Starfield comes out. I don't think it's going to be that gap for Elder Scrolls 6 since now they have their new engine ready to go. But yeah, you're, you, you're probably right. Like three to four years after Starfield, I think it'll take for Elder Scrolls 6. So 2026, mark it down. <laughs> and that's okay. Like, take your time. Make a good game. For sure. Yes, absolutely everyone what's the famous quote we'd rather have a good delayed game than a bad released game or whatever that's you're talking about the, me- the miyamoto quote yes like a, a, uh yeah well, yeah i get you i forget <laughs> how it goes too yeah <laughs> but it's something like that i don't know yeah uh moving on christian uh, Remedy has officially revealed that Control is getting a four-player PvE multiplayer spinoff game that's codenamed Condor. Uh, very odd and, and interesting. <laughs> Weird uh, thing to wake up to. Yeah, <laughs> uh, things. I, I love this sub. This uh, this headline or not headline, but the uh, line below the headline. I forget what you call that. Uh, shoot. The subline, I guess. I don't know what you call that. But I love the subline of IGN that says things are getting out of control. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, they also said, they also quietly kind of also said, yeah, we're also going to make a, uh, a big budget uh, game. They have apparently high level plans for a new bigger budget game set in the control universe, which is kind of a weird way to just like offhandedly say yeah we're making this multiplayer thing oh oh, yeah also we're gonna do a secret like big budget control game uh but yeah it reminds me of uh when uh sucker punch worked on the ghost of tsushima multiplayer like side content yeah for sure and like is this gonna be like is this gonna be its own separate game like or is this just gonna be an expansion to control 
I'm not sure how this is going to... Yeah, if they'll bundle it as kind of DLC to the original Control. Yeah. Or release it as a standalone. Yeah. I, who knows? And I, I'm, like, I'm curious to see, one, like what it'll look like and play like. Uh, whether or not, like... Because I saw like a screenshot, I think, of, of these soldiers. Like, are they going to have powers? Uh, but two... Um, if people are gonna want to play this, I mean, and yeah. I mean, I I would. Control has like a very cool uh, world built inside their game. Like, I I want to know more about it, so I'm curious to check it out. Yeah, but it's also like there's a lot of uh, co-op competition coming out. Rainbow Six, yeah. Back for Blood. So yeah. Yes. Uh, and I guess I guess this line about how much it's gonna cost is making me think it's a full-fledged game because they said. That Condor's initial development budget is 25 million euros, which is uh, roughly the same uh, the same as the original Control's budget, which is said to be less than 30 million euros. So, uh, sounds like it's going to be its full own fully fledged game. Which, like you said, <laughs> it's a very competitive space already. So, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of carve out their no- their own niche in that genre um, for sure. Yeah. Um, moving on, Christian. Uh, it's another week, so that means we get another Silent Hill rumor. Uh, yes. <laughs> Konami and Bloober Team. Uh, Bloober Team most recently has made The Medium and Blair Witch. Both, uh, I think they started on uh, Game Pass, and they are working together. They have announced, but they haven't really said what for. And obviously there's going to be connections here because Bloober Team has worked on a lot of uh, scary games. So what does Konami have? Silent Hill. Uh, And with the recent uh, things with Blue Box games, with us figuring out that they're probably not, I mean, who knows at this point still, but they're probably not doing a Silent Hill game. So maybe this is our actual Silent Hill team? Is that what you're thinking, Christian? I... I I mean, all signs point that way. You know, if there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. So one would gather that it probably is a Silent Hill game. And let me tell you, it was a little disappointing. <laughs> are you? Are you? Uh, have you played uh, their other games, The Medium or Blair Witch, or uh, seen anything about them? No, and and I, I yeah, I watched a, a lengthy let's play of The Medium through my friend who st- uh, streamed most of the game. Yeah. And then I read uh, thoughts about why the, the ending is like problematic and why like it needs a lot of fixing. Um, so I don't have full faith in Bloober just because of the past no. of, of the medium. Yeah. But like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> How do you I, feel, Dan? I played, I played Blair Witch when it came out and I was like, all right, this is really boring and bland, and like I did not like it at all. I, I, I was like, I was excited to check it out, and then I was like really disappointed when I actually played it. Uh, and then I haven't even, I haven't even, even touched the medium because almost that very reason because I was like, man, I'm turned off by this. And then the the reviews ended up coming out for the medium, and they were kind of you know eh, ho hum, like not great. So. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a little a little worrisome that uh, Konami decided to work with them, but I don't know. But the, oh god, uh, this we are getting Konami working with developers again. Yeah, and this will lead into a story that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. So what? What if you know? What if Christian? This is an elaborate scheme by Kojima. 
he plans this whole thing. He tells Konami, leak this, you know, <laughs> leak this stop. out of your Yeah. Uh, I'm just getting over like the whole concept of blue box game, but not actually being Kojima, you know, yeah. like, ah, it's, it's too much, Dan. It's too much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> Moving on, Christian. Uh, two new indie studios have been formed. I thought these were kind of interesting. Uh, Humanoid Studios uh, ha- is being helmed by former BioWare GM Casey Hudson, who is most famously responsible, essentially, for... He was the creative lead on uh, Mass Effect, the Mass Effect trilogy. Um, and so I thought that was very fascinating. He's obviously getting back into games there. Um, and also Uncapped Games which is being led by former Diablo and StarCraft veterans who are building a new RTS for PC, which is awesome because I love RTSs and I feel like RTSs don't get the love that they deserve in 2021, Christian. And you won't get it from me either. No, come on. <laughs> Sorry, they just, they're not my kind of games. Oh. Like, I'll appreciate them from the side and like if you're having fun, cool for you, but yeah, not, not for me. Sorry. Man. Hmm. Does, Although a Bioware indie game, yeah, or not Bioware indie game. I'm sorry, yeah. Casey Hudson yeah. led indie game would be yeah that that has my curiosity peaked for sure. Yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting to see what what he does for sure. Uh, but yeah, your your RTS hate. I just I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Halo Wars. Halo Wars Two. Come on, Christian. That was phenomenal not game. How are you, Dan? Hope you have fun. moving on (laughs) the esrb has listed a ghost of tsushima director's cut for ps4 and ps5 christian i am sure you are excited for this i'm not (laughs) i like legitimately like i'm I'm not i I have so many issues with ghost of tsushima that i won't get into now but like very cool that that we're seeing kind of like director's cuts make their way into like ushering people who probably miss maybe some of these games later in the PS4 life cycle or like trying to get PS5s. This is a great way to get people into like the ecosystem of PS5s with older games having PS5 versions yeah. with more content. So I think that is very cool to see on like the Sony side, not just the the Ghost of Tsushima side. You've been playing Sekiro, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Gorilla King baby. Yes, <laughs> I was confused for a second because I was like, "Wait a minute!" Is, and I'm like, "No, he's playing Sekiro, not Ghost of Tsushima." It's like there's so many like similar, samey games that I'm like that are in my head, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, no, wrong." Don't game. even say it. Don't even compare the two. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's okay. I'm just kidding. I gave you crap for the RTS stuff. Yes, true, true, true. I haven't even played. I still have. I'm like two hours into Ghost of Tsushima that I literally did like the day after it came out, and I haven't gotten back to it. So, ah, yeah, I mean, it, a lot. Of, I think. I think the game's rough. Yeah, personally. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Uh, moving on, Christian, uh, to some Insomniac news. Insomniac is apparently hiring for a multiplayer project what uh so (laughs) insomniac is hiring we have five new job openings for a multiplayer project come join us and be part of the playstation studios family as we work on exciting things is their exact quote what resistance maybe 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 and 
maybe like call me crazy but maybe like co-op for spider-man 2 play as miles Morales know, right? and peter parker maybe i wouldn't like that as much like i really oh. enjoy the single player aspects of of the spider-man games but like yeah. i trust insomniac so i'm so curious like why are all these studios making multiplayer stuff all of a sudden yeah it's so random it but is I, like random. i we love you and i'm excited to see your work and it almost feels like this is something different uh i don't know they don't say that but i feel like almost like this is like a side project for them maybe uh that they're gonna maybe have like a smaller third team working on this they have their ratchet team their spider-man team and then this smaller new team uh similar to uh obsidian who makes grounded because they have avowed being in, in development and uh outer worlds too and then grounded uh so yeah maybe something like that be cool interesting just cranking the games out of insomniac dude oh yeah just churning them out just give them more give give them more i just injected in my veins please want, want more great games here take them yes I got you and it's it's we joke but it's really good news for playstation uh in general because i feel like that's always been my biggest complaint with sony first party games is they don't have a lot of uh of wide ranging genres they always have like you know that third person action adventure game but they're missing a lot of multiplayer experiences and i feel like this would fulfill some of that as well and uh some of that the partnerships that they announced at e3 as well are fulfilling those multiplayer uh roles as well which i think that's great news I, i love to see both microsoft and sony embracing like a more variety of games uh, in their first-party portfolio. Absolutely. Which begs the question, will SOCOM ever come back? One can only hope. True. Yeah, and Sony owns it, so it definitely could come back. Uh, I'd not be surprised. Maybe this is it. Maybe Insomniac's doing it. (laughs) Like, yeah, here's SOCOM. Work on something. Yeah. Uh, our next and last news story, Christian. Sony is charging developers for PlayStation Store visibility. Uh, you added the story uh, a little bit before I the did. show. And this is interesting. I didn't see this st- story before. Yeah, it, it was a Kotaku article that came out today. And, of course, I think the headline for this was a, a little bit baity as well. Um and it is until you read the article that you start getting a little bit more nuance. That's just how it goes. Yeah. But uh, that's not to say there isn't truth to the headline as well. So I'm going to read you some some quotes here. Sure. Uh, in a furious tirade on Twitter, independent games publisher Ian Garner of Neon Doctrine has unleashed his frustration with trying to publish games on a major games console. Without naming either Sony or PlayStation, Garner details just how difficult he has found it to gain support, store presence, and even launch discounts when releasing games on the platform. Uh, just to kind of summarize a few paragraphs here, either you're jumping through the numerous tedious hoops you have to go through to get your game like front and center or like displayed somewhere on the PlayStation Store, or as in the case of the headline, you can bypass that with a fee of twenty-five thousand dollars and sometimes upwards of two hundred thousand dollars. Wow, which which is very steep. Um, two more quotes here for you. While Garner never mentions any names, we've independently verified that these deals are certainly in place with Sony for the PlayStation. From official paperwork we've seen, those fees can reach six figures for just a weekend's promotion. We're also told that Microsoft runs similar payment schemes for the Xbox Store. Wow. Of course, big big publishers, uh, four big publishers, sorry, 
This is just another number on a multi-million marketing spreadsheet. Cost of doing business. But for independent developers and publishers working on total budgets more likely in five figures or less, it's absolutely unaffordable. For so long as a major, uh, sorry, for so long as major platforms release both sorts of games on the same terms, having them directly compete against one another, Garners will just be just one of the thousands of frustrated stories of finding it impossible to get any attention at all. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's awful. Crazy, right? Yeah. The, the, there's like no kind of scale for uh, getting promotion on these platforms. Especially for like an independent developer. Like an independent de- developer cannot afford even $25,000. Like an independent developer is a tiny studio Like in most cases where like $1,000 would be a lot of money to them. Like $25,000. That's insanity. I mean... Yeah. And I'm sure, like the article says, I'm sure Microsoft and probably even Nintendo do the same things as well, which is disappointing. And I feel like there are some things that are, you know, good at spotlighting indie uh, games like Xbox has the ID at Xbox program and uh, Sony will have certain events that they'll spotlight these indie games or even like PSVR games, uh, which which can help with that. But yeah, like this is kind of ugh gross marketing yeah so i actually had a question that you actually bring up so i'll just i'll ask it now i wanted to ask what like discoverability was like uh, on the xbox platform um i can speak to playstation side they do always have now um an indie section that features like some of like the favorite indies that are like rotated out like on a weekly basis yeah but i'm not finding like uh like i I can't scroll and, and find a bunch of games that um like are releasing it they, they seem to like on the new ps5 store make it kind of hard to find out games that aren't like the big games of the week yeah the big releases that we're looking forward to or i guess the ones that paid i don't know a hundred thousand dollars to be featured on the front so yeah what is it like on the xbox side so the old xbox store was terrible in terms of discoverability the the new xbox store that they launched like i don't know like six to eight months ago maybe uh is much better in that regard and uh there are sections that you can go to that uh show the new releases and it doesn't just show like the big games it shows literally every single new release so if somebody clicks new release the top game can be you know the smallest game possible if it just released you know yesterday or something um but uh, yeah, in terms of discoverability, I feel like Microsoft does a decent job of it when you load up the store and they'll have their deals tab uh, for games that are on sale. They'll have, you know, a spotlight or whatever. And then like they'll have your different tabs on the left side that you can kind of navigate. So your demos, your add ons, your new games, your all of that stuff. So I feel like they do a decent job. But um, yeah, uh, the marketing side of it is ugh not not great let's hope these platforms can find a way to um kind of change a little bit to see if uh we can get like smaller teams like indies uh some more discoverability some more visibility um or i guess just a friendlier way to approach the way they get people onto their platform for sure yeah i agree and yeah don't make them pay an absorbent amount or at least like scale it like i yeah, understand exactly. Yeah, I understand like, you know, you have a platform, you're trying to make money and you have to pay for for marketing your games, but like scale it to the scale of the game. If it's the tiniest of game, you can scale it to the tiniest of, you know, cost 
And then if you have the biggest of the games, scale it to the biggest of costs. I don't know. It sounds yeah, one of the thing, easy, but one of the things Garner was talking about is if you don't want to do that, going through the hoops is like uh, submitting a bunch of forms essentially and getting someone um, like a, a person of contact mm. to be leading that for you. And apparently, that can be like really hard to get approved, and then getting a contact on like on your form. For sure. uh, so having, I guess, like a dedicated team or you know a a, a, a like department. To, uh, that handles that could be a one way to get around that issue for sure yeah absolutely agree moving into the games we are playing christian i have been playing ratchet and clank rift apart got a, a few more hours into it and very much enjoying it uh i will say so i've been enjoying it however i will say there are now that i'm a lot further into it there are points where i'm like does this sell me on the next gen that i was sold on at the beginning of this hype level for ratchet and clank for instance i'll give you an example the the ability to pull into rifts it is super super cool when they do the the rift things where you're like falling into the rift and you go into the different dimensions in the very early stages of the game and it takes you through all these worlds and it's instant loading and all of that stuff. That's super cool. The things that I find boring are the rifts where and this is most of the rifts that I've encountered so far in the game is where you're literally just grabbing it to pull yourself to it if that makes sense. Sure, because it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like as crazy as I, I had hoped it would be, I guess. Uh, it feels more like just like a teleport ability. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it's essentially like a grapple, but in reverse. It's pulling the world toward you instead of you going towards the spot. Right. Yeah. So, it isn't anything crazy necessarily. Yeah. I guess, and maybe that was just my crazy expectations, but... I will say I still absolutely love the game. It's fantastic and uh, as zany as as ever. And I love the, the world and the freaking visuals are insane. And playing with the different weapons are super fun. Like just switching between weapons, uh, having the pixelizer and going to the... Sh There's just so many different variations that you can use that I, I just love, love the crap out of that stuff so far. And uh, I haven't gotten to play as Rivet yet, but... I'm very excited about getting to that. Yeah. Oh, you've played like nothing. Oh, well. Sorry, Christian. Man, put like 90 minutes in the game. I, I put it... No, there's no way. I put more than 90 minutes. No way. Okay, okay. There's no way. Unless I'm just spending too much time gazing at the world, but I don't know. We'll see, Christian. Uh, I've also been playing <laughs> Master Chief Collection Season 7, which I just wanted to shout out. The freaking custom game browser is awesome. I played one night uh, just playing custom game browser and had a ton of fun because now they have modded content in there because uh, they delivered modded they delivered mod tools with the newest update on PC, which is also crossplay with X with Xbox. So you can play in these modded lobbies, which comes with some crazy game types and stuff. Which oh my god, it's so much fun! I love it. So yes. Sounds like a blast. Yes. What are you playing, Christian? 
Thank you for the intro. Yeah. <laughs> More Sekiro, baby. There's, there's nothing but Sekiro. Like, that game has... It finally got its hooks in me. I think I mentioned that last week. I can't get enough of it. Every night I'm playing about, like, an hour-ish. I'm not putting major chunks into it at a time but chipping away at it and uh yeah i i like i'll probably play more tonight probably a bit more tomorrow morning before work Uh, it's so much fun nice yeah and that's it and you're just gonna you're gonna enjoy the hell out of bloodborne 2 when that gets announced very soon oh god if ever (laughs) uh yeah if sony has a state of playstation when's that gonna happen i don't know I mean, I'm hoping for July. Yeah, fair, fair enough. There was a there was a tweet that like because a bunch of Sony news is dropping. It's like people keep asking when the next state of play is. It's happening now, and it's it's just yeah. them releasing it's news every week. Yeah, that's true. There's okay. always something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving into the topic of the show, Christian PlayStation Studios acquisition talks have been going on here. Uh. First, I kind of wanted to point out uh, this interesting thing that Herman Holst had uh, had told. I don't know if he told GQ, but the, the articles from GQ. Uh, he says that uh, they are not in an arms race for studio acquisitions with Xbox. I thought that was an interesting quote. There's a larger article here that Herman talks about a, a lot of things in terms of acquiring uh, studios, especially the one we're going to get to here in, in a little bit. But... Uh, I thought that was an interesting quote because I was like, you guys sort of are in an arms race. Like you're not what you are like to an extent. You can't just sit back and watch Microsoft take up all of these studios and grow their studios to be whatever, like 23 or 24 studios, whatever they're at now Mm -hmm. and not, you know, try to actually do something to keep, pace now i'm not saying they're i'm not going to say that they're going to go out and buy you know bethesda because sony is not on the same level as microsoft as a company in terms of you know what they're worth like they wouldn't be able to do that that would be outside their scope uh they're they're a multi-billion dollar company microsoft is a multi-trillion dollar company so I agree with them in the sense that, like, yes, you're not going to, you know, look to match Microsoft. Microsoft is not going to, like, if Phil Spencer got the blessing of Satya Nadella right now to go out and buy the biggest platform, like Activision, for instance, they could buy Activision. That's how big Microsoft is. Obviously, they're not going to, but, like, they could. That's the whole point of this. And uh Herman saying this, I think, is more so referencing that, like, we can't do that. And it is very smart, the uh, the path that they have taken thus far for acquisitions. And I think that what he said makes sense as well, that, like, they're looking for targeted acquisitions that fit yep. their mold. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts on on his quote? Yeah, when when that came out that was like the big discussion online is that whether or not PlayStation is like in some kind of arms race. And I see where you're at. I would, I would have to like lean more towards disagreeing hmm. in that regard, just because I feel like their priority isn't necessarily in, in competition of like number of studios with Xbox. And it's more about like, I think maybe right now diversifying the portfolio and getting like unique experiences on their platform. And so I was like, when was like the last time they bought, or Sony bought a team. I believe Insomniac um, in twenty six. Insomniac in, in twenty nineteen. Oh. 
Um, and then before then, it was uh, Sucker Punch in 2011. Hmm. So they're they're like recently. I guess you could make the argument that they are picking up more teams, but these discussions happen after a while, and it isn't until they have like some kind of relationship over the years. And we'll talk about that a bit more with um, specifically with who they acquired recently. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't seem to me like it's a oh we have to buy teams now because Microsoft is buying teams now. It's more like okay we've been uh, have relationships with these studios for quite some time. Uh, let's get them in, in, in into our own fold, for sure, and make our platform like I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense, and I I agree with you, and like that is their biggest focus is quality not quantity uh and i agree with you they're not going to worry about that's not to say microsoft doesn't have quality either no 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 no. yeah 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 for sure but i wanted i I wanted to stay away from that because i I don't want to insinuate that microsoft doesn't have quality because they have they've got bangers there oh yeah absolutely and i think i think over time the xbox studios are only going to get closer to uh sony quality uh studios because they have larger marketing or larger uh uh, budgets for their games now that microsoft is backing them all the studios that they acquired so uh yeah i i agree um if anything dan we're the winners we're getting all these cool games made yes absolutely and like not just and people always say like well they bought microsoft bought bethesda well that doesn't mean, you know, the quality is going to go down or anything. That that only means that the quality of those games are going to go up. So, yeah, it sucks for yeah. PlayStation owners that they won't be able to play those games, but the quality of the games should just go up. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, and we were referencing the studio here, Christian. Housemark, the developer of Returnal, Resogun, and Dead Nation, has joined PlayStation Studios. Woo! I know you're excited about this. And don't forget Super Stardust HD, yes. Next Machina. Dude, like these guys rock. Uh, yeah. Returnal so far is my game of the year. I hope more people get the chance to play it. I know people were hesitant to play it because of like the whole save state stuff, but um yeah, like they've had a relationship with Sony for a while. Housemark rules, they know how to make some great feeling games, some great looking games. Um and if Returnal's any indication of where the studio is headed. Uh, in terms of scope, I'm excited to see what a PlayStation-backed uh, first-party Housemark game will look like in you know <laughs> the next few years. For sure, Christian. I just realized I am letting down our YouTube chat because I just paid attention to it for the first time. Cover, thank you for joining us, Ninja. There's a random person that named himself Ninja. I'm quite sure that's not the actual Ninja. Uh, that says hello everyone what y'all talking about uh what's up ninja uh and roro <laughs> yeah and roro is joining us as well hey and oh my gosh ninja is here yeah i don't think that's actually ninja but yeah uh <laughs> i just, drive safe yeah I, I laughed at that I, I apologize i let down our viewers there i was not paying attention to the chat uh i'm sorry christian uh how smart Housemark is obviously a, a amazing studio, and as you just listed with Super Stardust as well and uh, other things that they've made, like they have done 
exclusive PlayStation games for a long time now. So like this partnership already made sense. And uh, as Herman said, like they're going to target acquisitions and this is one that makes sense. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it just makes sense. And uh, I think that, that the team creatively wants to do bigger projects like Returnal in the yeah. future. So like having like the safety net or like the backing of PlayStation it's only going to allow them to, to make bigger games like this. So, yeah, it should be cool. For sure. Um, Christian, there was another another studio that may have accidentally gotten leaked. Uh, PlayStation Japan may have accidentally leaked the next PlayStation acquisition a bit early, which I'm wondering now when this is going to be announced. Like, they should just announce it now at this point. Uh, but they apparently posted an image with the Housemark acquisition that had Bluepoint Games uh, joining PlayStation Studios, which, again, makes a lot of sense. They made the Demon Souls remake uh, for PS5 launch, and uh, lately they've been doing a lot of stuff for PlayStation, including uh, the Shadow of the Colossus uh, remake as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think... Not to a- mention the uh nathan drake collection of uncharted one two and three correct yeah and it didn't have the uh turmoil that master chief collection had although it didn't have multiplayer in it uh to be fair but yeah take uh, that nathan drake yeah <laughs> but uh yeah uh blue point makes again makes perfect sense with all the playstation partnerships that they've done uh the last few years i think it makes perfect sense and uh yeah bring on more playstation exclusives from blue point and i'm kind of interested to see like blue point for a while now christian has been known as like this port or remaster studio i'm wondering i want to see what they can do new uh do you think you won't get that from them you don't think so no they they have come out and said like this is like what they like doing like this is this is their thing their studio does is bring like re-envision games uh and re like rematch them in like some kind of capacity gotcha does that like that's their specialty does that disappoint you at all or it, no no, no <laughs> not at all with how hard it is to play some of these older games like especially on the playstation console side having a team that is able to bring them back to life in like visually striking ways it, like is very exciting yeah. and so it's time to put the tim tim full hat on you ready dan yes <laughs> okay so I'm reading to you from the Blue Point website okay. uh, their statement for what they're working on next. I guess it's for the studio, but uh, they mentioned their next game. Our latest project is the largest in our history and aims to define the visual benchmark for the next generation of gaming hardware. Hmm. Um, and this is going to be in tandem with a, a post from Alt Chair, uh, which is quoting a Blue Point tweet. Uh, saying a, a symphony of rumors, not one but two, return from the shadows, suggesting, of course, that Blue Point is working on not one but two games. Hmm. Um, and so, I, I want to ask, what games are Blue Point working on? And there, there are two obvious answers I have here. There's two obvious answers. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what are they, Christian? The rumor has it for a long time was they were working on a, a, a remaster, uh, a remake, sorry, of Metal Gear freaking solid. Oh. And, and of course, naysayers were like, Konami would never do that. They're not in the business of like making games anymore. They wouldn't license out Metal Gear Solid, no matter if like their lineage is on PlayStation or not. 
But as we saw today, Konami <laughs> is willing to work with devs again. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they have been working with Bluepoint for a while now. Maybe Metal Gear Solid is real. And of course, in Demon Souls, we did get a, a little uh, Easter egg for uh, a Metal Gear Solid. I think it was one or two, which was a like sound alert from uh, a fight with Liquid in the game. So who knows? One of them could be Metal Gear Solid. I really hope so. Interesting. So what's the other one? Do you think, Christian? Uh, the the like the one that I thought of and everyone is thinking as well as Siphon Filter. And the only like backing behind that is that they keep using words like uh, Siphon in some of their tweets like one of them said like siphon souls which was in reference to demon souls but like siphon is a very particular word to use in that tweet it it feels a bit more reaching but like if they're in the business of making like iconic games having a comeback siphon filter feels like one of those games which is that a konami game as well let's find out i feel like it was but maybe i'm crazy uh i was i don't think it was i think it was a like uh what is now Studio Bend, right? Oh, you're right, I think. Yes, I, I believe you're correct. Yep. Uh, now that you say that, that does sound familiar. Um, yeah, I, I think this is interesting. And uh, Blue Point, yeah, they, I think as long as we don't get like a ton of studios that are doing remasters and remakes, I'm cool with this because... Right. Like I obviously you don't want like a bunch of your first party studios making remasters and remakes. Like usually like a lot of times when there's remasters and remakes, like uh, publishers will get an external studio to make it uh, or many external studios in this in the case of Master Chief Collection, for instance, uh, to to make the game because you want your main teams and your first party studio making the mainline games. So. Uh, I, I do think it's a little interesting that Sony wants to bring in Bluepoint if this does end up getting confirmed, which I, I think it will, uh, because it, it it kind of uh, goes against, I guess, what they've done thus far uh, in terms of first party, um, because first party's always been about you know new IP and in you know re- revisiting this established IP and like. Uh, reboot fashion although maybe blue point does that uh brings back a popular franchise uh like you're like you're saying like metal gear solid and reinvigorates it not just makes like a remake but like uh reboot so to speak of it uh that that would be interesting i think yeah and there's something to it like the level of quality that these blue point games have like they even though they're old games they do feel new like demon souls is a perfect example of that I I would what's the uh, what was the other one they made uh, Shadow of the Colossus I, I yes. guess that one like we did get the HD collection on PS3 so having that on PS4 was like relatively relatively recent but they did update the controls it looked stunning yeah I don't know I I, I have faith in uh, like the power like of Blue Point bringing like quality games back to life so I'm excited to see what they do next and I I really hope it's something like Metal Gear Solid because it's hard to play those games without like emulation so absolutely absolutely and 
Actually, I think I'm remembering as well as I look this up <laughs> that uh, they also developed the original Titanfall on Xbox 360. So they ported the Respawn uh, Titanfall from Xbox One to Xbox 360, which is very fascinating because I think that game was actually lauded for how good it played on last gen um, or I guess two gens ago now. <laughs> but did not know that. Very yeah, cool. Very interesting. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we close out the show, Christian? Hope everyone has a safe 4th of July. Yes, very Maybe much. Maybe avoid so. fireworks this year. We've had too uh too many droughts. Yeah, that is true. It, it's getting pretty bad, obviously. But uh yeah. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay hydrated. Drink water, uh, yeah. Get some get some AC uh obviously somehow yeah yeah, it's not as easy for some people like uh yourself and that that sucks i feel bad for you i got a fan going it's okay yeah i hope it gets better uh thank you (laughs) thank you again to everyone joining us both live on youtube and on twitch as well as podcast services everywhere including apple podcasts google podcasts soundcloud spotify and stitcher Thank you, Christian. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. Yahoo!